92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. A one, two, three, four... Thanks for listening to this podcast produced by Diddy TV. Visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content or download the official Diddy TV app from your app store today. Welcome to Insights, everyone. Today, we're excited to say that we'll be entering the world of one of today's most extraordinary blues artists, Chris Stone Kingfish Ingram. Amy Wright had the honor of chatting with Chris recently about his new album, 662, while uncovering his roots, which run deep, and the profoundly prolific music city of Clarksdale, Mississippi. As you'll hear, 662 was recorded in Nashville and co-written and produced by Grammy winner Tom Hambridge. It features 13 songs that display the many sides of Ingram's personality, as well as his one-of-a-kind guitar and vocal skills. According to Ingram, 662 is an ode to his roots, a nod to the area where he was born and raised. He wants people to know that the 662 his Mississippi area code, will always be a major part of who he is. So let's get started. Please welcome Chris Stone Kingfish Ingram. Welcome to Diddy TV. Uh, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. So Chris Stone Ingram, and you go by Kingfish. Yes, ma'am. So how did you get the name Kingfish? Well, um, when I was learning how to play uh, guitar and blues music all together, uh, I went to the uh, Delta Blues Museum Arts and Education Program in Clarksville, Mississippi. And uh, there, I was under the tutelage of uh, two local but uh, nationally known bluesmen by the name of Bill Howell and Mad Perry and uh, Richard Chrisman, aka uh, Daddy Rich. And uh, Mr. Perry would give all the kids like little nicknames and who kind of think of them as like stage names. and. Uh, my name came was uh, Kingfish, and uh, and I didn't like it at first. And uh, he told me why he gave it to me. It had something to do with like an old black sitcom, and I kept it because the king reminded me of the three kings, and the fish reminds me of like you know uh, the Mississippi River of some sort. So that's why I kept it. Yeah. Well, I think it's stuck now, and and I think I think people love it. And I don't know if you can see this. We have a sign in the back here. It says the king. I see it. I see it. I like that sign. <laughs> I thought of you, and uh, it actually came from the old King Cotton Hotel here in Memphis. Oh, wow. So, That's a piece of history. That is a piece of history. Yeah, the uh, bottom half, I don't know what happened to it. The cotton part came off, but we found the top part, so we, we thought it was a fun piece to put in the, put in the foundation here. Yeah, the king. <laughs> yeah, the king. So you grew up in Clarksdale, Mississippi, home of the blues. And uh, what was it like growing up in Clarksdale? At that time, when I grew up, I, I noticed um, blues was like prevalent, like uh, pretty much 
24-7. Blues was all around. Uh, I lived right next to a blues band uh, full of like local legends of some sort. Uh, got the crossroads and not gonna really get into that, but like uh, just blues around 24-7 and, and, and or, or should I say like pretty much just music all together 24-7 because we had like gospel music and we even had guys playing country and rock and stuff like that. So it was like a musical city at that time, like all around. Were your parents musical? Uh, my uh, my mom was. Uh, my mom used to sing. And uh, on her side of the family, all of my uncles, aunts, cousins sing and play an instrument in the church. So that's who, honestly, that's who I was hanging around in the beginning before I started learning about blues. But they like kind of fueled like my interest in music all together. So when when did you actually pick up the guitar and start playing? I would say like age eight, but I was originally a bass player, um, and I moved to guitar like I want to say like around age thirteen or fourteen, and uh, yeah, uh, those have been like my two like you know primary instruments like ever since then. So once like age eight was like the start of it all. Who were some of your blues musical heroes that you were emulating when you were when you were growing up and just learning to play guitar? Um, from like the old acoustic guys like uh, Sunhouse, Lightning Hopkins, Johnny Shines, uh, uh, Robert Johnson, and if I didn't say his name already, uh, uh, those guys to like you know Muddy and Howlin' Wolf and uh, Otis Rush, Magic Sam, uh, Magic Slim. Uh, a lot of the old Chicago blues guys, all pretty much just like a big melting pot of blues for sure. And so Clarksdale obviously is known for blues and there's some really cool clubs there. What are some of your favorite places to play in and around where you grew up? Oh, well, uh, my two favorite spots, pretty much the spots that I pretty much cut my teeth at. Um, Red's Blues Club, which, you know, just streams authentic blues joint, you know, in the Northern Mississippi Delta. Uh, Red's Blues Club along with uh, Ground Zero Blues Club as well. Like those are the two main spots that I love to play at when I come back home. So how old were you, were you when you first played a gig there? Uh, I want to say I had been 10 or 11, 10 or 11. It was my first like first like professional playing gig with a band in the town. So uh, we would, it, it was actually Red's and we would play like, we'd get there at six and play all the way up to like 12 or one. Well, you know, you're you're still a young man now, and you were a kid back then. Was it overwhelming to perform, or was it just fun for you as a 11 year old playing at a club? The 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 vibe, I would I would say I, I had to get used to it um, because I had never been in like that you know environment. You know, I hung around old people, you know, when they partied and played blues music, but I had never like been in an actual juke joint. So it took like maybe like one or two times to get used to, but. It, it became fun after that. I got in with everybody, cool. It was it was really cool. It was kind of like a little family thing for sure. So you, I, I would say, have your own style of playing, and you you started, I'm sure, by emulating other people's styles. But how would you describe your own style of playing? I would say uh, my style is like more modern, but. It's not too modern, you know, it's like, you know, disrespecting the genre, you know? Right. And like, it, it, it's, it's deeply rooted and founded um, and and have a really big foundation in the blues. But, you know, uh, other people who may not like the blues, uh, they can still listen to it and enjoy it because I have like other elements, you know, um, to it. So uh, that's how I would, I would, I would 
explain mine, you know, rough, you know, but still smooth in a way, you know, for sure. So in 2019, you put out your first album entitled Kingfish, and mm -hmm. it took off like a rocket, and you even were nominated for a Grammy. So what was that like for you to go from playing in clubs to putting out an album and then um, having your album get, get such recognition? It was, it was an amazing feeling because uh, I always wanted to have like original music out. Like Hell Mo was one of the ones that, you know, told me, you know, you know, in order to have longevity, you have to play your own stuff. So like, just to finally have my own out and getting the chance to tour all these nice, you know, venues off the, you know, uh, back of my own record, it was, it was really like a humbling experience. And, uh, and it, it, it put me in like the motivational mode to like keep on doing it. Was it gratifying to see people connecting with the music you wrote yourself? Most definitely, most definitely, uh, because uh, you know you try to you try to write your own story, but you also want to write something that's relatable. So just to see people, like you know, come up to me like, "Hey, man, that's my favorite song. I like this song." You know, it's it's, it's really it's like I said, you know, it's a really you know captivating you know like experience because I never thought anybody would you know, like my music, you know, or, or say, you know, hey, you know, you know, my favorite song is a Kingfish song and like that. So it was very, it was, it was very humbling for sure. So what is your favorite part about touring and playing these festivals and gigs? I would say just like the, 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 the different cultures and just like meeting people that's, you know, that may not think, you know, how you or anyone else in the South may think just to see how people, you know, in the other parts of the world, you know, uh, is really interesting, you know, you know, um, like you get everybody's view of how the South is. And, you know, you tell them your view, uh, you tell them your view of how, you know, their community is, it's, it's, it's really like a melting pot of like meeting like different people and stuff. That's what I, you know, that's what I really enjoy. So uh, you've toured with, with other, other bands too. What have you learned along the way from some of the artists that have been out there longer than you have? Just, uh, Stay diverse. Uh, nothing wrong with being diverse. Uh, uh, not only that, just always be alert. You know, the crowd always connect with the crowd. Always, uh, just always, you know, let people enjoy what they do. You know, let people in, you know, enjoy what you, uh, in, in, um, enjoy what you play. Uh, uh, be, uh, be listenable. Um, always, always, always talk to the people. You know, uh, when you're on stage, just a bunch of stage presence and, and, uh, and, and and different little knickknacks like that. So when you first started playing, you have such presence now, but when you first started playing, was it hard to come up with things to talk to the audience about when you're up oh, there on yeah, stage? Oh yeah, most definitely. I would I would just, I would do shows and I would just hide behind my guitar. I wouldn't say nothing. <laughs> just play one song and get done. Hey, how y'all doing? You know, introduce the band and wouldn't say nothing else. And just, you know, just play and, and, and not say nothing. And, you really need to connect with the crowd because there's like a lot of dead space in between the songs sometimes. So you need to talk and have some energy, something like that. I know you've gone through some personal trials and tribulations over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And um, I know you lost your mom. That had to be really tough. So how, how has that, how has music um, kept you going through some of these darker periods? It uh, music has always been like a, a, a great healer for me because that was the only way that I could like express myself without talking. Uh, 
I, I wouldn't say there's like no way I can describe it. Just, you know, just music has always been there for me, you know, just, you know, you know, with the help of my loved ones and a, uh, and a higher power as well, just music has always been like that, you know, that like mental safe place for me. You know, I can put on some music and just forget about, you know, my ills or whatever. So that was how music helped me a lot, just by keeping me sane and whatnot and giving me something to look forward to. So fast forward a couple of years and you've just now put out another album. Yeah, C six two. Uh we uh we we did this record. We you know, COVID gave us a lot of time to utilize, obviously. So we was in quarantine, I wanna say like from May up to like September. And uh myself, Tom Hambridge and uh, even uh Richard Fleeman uh got together on um, Zoom and every Thursday we would belt out songs and I wanted to have them a personal record since I'm back home at the six six two. I felt like this was a chapter of mine to call the 662. So I wanted to have a more personal record and show a little things outside the box as far as like my vocal range and musically as well. And all while being a more personal record. So what are some of the things you talk about in your in the songs on 662? Just uh, some things uh, dealing with my life. You know, I talk about the loss of my mom with, uh, with the song Rock and Roll. Uh, you know, uh, you know, certain women topics I've probably been through in the last couple of two years, stuff like that. Uh, uh, even- uh, Hey, Kingfish, women, you know, don't trust them. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've pretty much heard that before. Uh, not only that, just, uh, you know, uh, we have a song on there that's uh, talking about, you know, like some social issues, uh, you, know, cause, you know, in the blues world, that's mandatory, I think. So uh, most definitely just a, a whole like mixed bed of different stuff on the record. So what was the studio experience like for you? Is that uh, stressful or was it, was it fun to record the songs? Oh, it was definitely fun because uh, I had been in the studio like a you know, couple of times before that, but the, the, the knowledge that I got off the previous sessions with the first record, I kind of put that in mind uh, coming, into this, uh, coming into this record. So I felt like we got, you know, we got through things a whole lot quicker because of that. So yeah, it was, it was definitely fun, but you know, we, you know, we stayed focused as well, you know, for sure. How does this album differ from your first album? Uh, I would say this one is a lot more, I would say like uh, personal, uh, like the first record was, was personal, but it really wasn't, you know, you was looking into what was going on inside Kingfish head, but you weren't really thinking, thinking, you know, uh, uh, um, what, uh, um, of what was going on in my head. And I wanted to, I wanted to showcase like a different side of me, like for sure. So that's why this one is more personal. Not only that, we want to showcase the growth that uh, you know I've probably gotten in the last two years, not only musically but vocally as well, for sure. And um, so you performed with other artists like Jason Isbell, Buddy Guy. I mean, what what was that experience like for you? And um, I know you've looked up to some of these people your whole life. It was it was really great um, just to get the respect from those like heavyweights. It's a it's it's, it's a really great thing because you know, like I said, I never thought that I would even get the respect of those guys. You know, I did, I did, I did both of those guys. Like, Buddy Guy is like the, you know, he's like the legend, he's like the OG to me. And, and, and Jason Isbell, he's like, Isbell, he's like a really great chicken picker, you know, guitar player and a great guy, all around guy. So just to have the respect of those guys, it's a really beautiful thing for sure. And you were actually on Elton John's podcast, I hear. Yeah. Yeah, I was. That's uh, pretty yeah, big was, there. Yeah, it was it was a brief it was a brief interview, but it was really cool. Like uh Elton's really cool. He's a he's a great guy and 
we had a great conversation about music and my music and you know, even you know um, even his. It was a it was a really great experience for sure. And I really did get some done. So yeah. <laughs> what kinds of questions did he ask you in the interview? Just you know stuff you know uh, you know pretty much the same here. Like you know uh, where did you come from? And it was you know like uh, how did you you know incorporate other styles into what you do to keep things fresh? Just stuff like that. So where do you see yourself going musically? Do you think you're going to stay sort of in the blues or do you see yourself moving different directions? Well, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a, it, that has always been like a great area for me because I've been told, you know, by others that, you know, that I have potential to do other stuff, which I, I do want to do other stuff, you know, but for me, I don't want to use the blues as a like stepping stone just to start, you know, doing other stuff, you know, for me, like the the goal is to have everything rooted and you know, you know, like have a foundation in the blues. So yeah, when I do other stuff, like I want it to be, I want it to still be, you know, considered bluesy because it's you know it's rooted in that foundation. So yeah, I, I feel like I'd always be here as far as like having stuff deeply rooted in the blues, but I can see my stuff do like other genres of music as well, long as it has it you know deeply rooted in the blues. Clark still has a number of, of festivals. One of them is the Juke Joint Festival, and I think there are a bunch of others. So is there a festival that you like the best and that you would recommend people to come down there, check out? Oh, uh, they, they, Clarksdale have like an assortment of festivals. I would say, but the two big ones for me uh, that I really like cut my teeth at that I think everyone should come to uh, is Juke Joint Festival and the Sunflower River Blues and Gospel Festival. Those are like the, the two big blues culture festivals in Clarksdale that you really get to see the authentic blues like that for sure. Well, I have to say, you know, we loved your music. We saw you at Mempho, and you put on a damn good show. Is all I can say. Thank you, Thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you so much. It was really, uh, it was really hot up there, but we enjoyed it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I have fun every time we come to Memphis. Yeah. Well, we were we were uh, excited to have you here on the show, and we look forward to introducing you to a lot of folks that may not know who you are yet, because they're going to know you very soon. And. Uh -huh. um, and um, we wish you the best on your tour and with the 662 album, and which I think is the area code for where you come from in Mississippi, right? Right, yeah. right, right. It was, it, it, it was uh, ironically, it was, it was established there back in 1999, the year I was born. So it was like full circle almost. <laughs> <laughs> that is full, full circle. Well, thank you, Kingfish. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, and we look forward to keeping in touch as, we, as you go down the road. Yes, ma'am. Thank you guys so much. I can't wait to do more with you guys. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Chris Stone, Kingfish Ingram, one of today's most extraordinary blues artists. To learn more about Kingfish, to see his tour dates, and to purchase his new record, 662, visit ChrisStoneKingfishIngram.com. And remember, you can visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content and download the official free Diddy TV app from your app store today. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only. 
right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 